Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through, let's go all the way to 10, how about that? And, and you have he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. And have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How about that? How about that? For by grace are you saved through faith and not in that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. 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 I think I missed verse 7, didn't I? Read it, Deacon Jeremy. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Precious Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I believe this is a season of grace. Yes, Lord. It was by grace that you sent your son to die for our sins. It's by grace that we are able to celebrate Christmas differently than the world does. We celebrate the birth of the Savior. We celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection. We celebrate the fact that it was by his grace that we are saved. Yes, Lord. Father God, thank you for your grace. Thank you. Amen. 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 I was walking through, I was walking through a nursing home on last week and 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 the activity person there and had all the patients out and, and she was setting up the microphone and I know a lot of the patients and they were talking to me. And, and, and for whatever reason, I, I, I've gotten to the point where I don't, I don't question God about what he would have me to do anymore. I just do it. Okay. So, so I, you know, she couldn't get the mics, she couldn't get the mics running and she had one like the little box with the wire coming out and she gave it to me and I was like, (laughs) and it came on. And, and for whatever reason, I asked her, I asked the people at the nurse, I said, y'all want to hear me sing? And you know what their answer was? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, and then you go to a nursing home, you know, a lot of folks think, especially white folks, they think all brothers can sing, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, you know, especially, you know, Baptist preachers, they, they, you know, so I said, okay, I'm going to sing a song. I got the mic in my hand, so I'm going to sing a song, all y'all know, and they're going around the room, and Dolores, and all their little names, y'all going to sing with me, we're going to sing with you, I'm going to say, I'm going to sing a song, y'all know, y'all know what a song I sang, okay, this is the only one I know, I sang Amazing Grace, 
So I sang Amazing Grace, and they just absolutely loved it, all right? I, I thought about taking up an offering. But, uh, I mean, they absolutely loved it. I'm singing Amazing Grace, and now I'm getting good at it. I'm getting good at it. I'm telling you, Claire, I'm getting good at it. Okay? So, so when I'm studying this week, I'm like, you know, and, and I'm like, what am I going to preach on this holiday season? And, and I had it all worked out. I was going to preach a series on Mary Did You Know? And I wanted to preach on what did Mary know and how much did Mary know, okay? But God said, no, I want you to talk about that song you sang. I want you to talk about grace. I want you to talk about grace just a little bit, you know? And, and my sister called me yesterday, and I'm talking to my sister on the phone. And, and you know, she's a pastor. <laughs> she listens to all my messages, so I got to be nice to her. And she's a pastor. She know how she know how I feel, but we still she's still my sister. And and she said she said what you preaching on this week? And 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 she told me she was preaching on Mary. Okay. And I said, oh, that was interesting. I said that's interesting. I was gonna preach on Mary, but God changed mine. You know. He told me to preach on grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. But that's just one, the one, what's that called? Stanzas? Clear? Okay. Okay. So, so when we talk about grace, we, we can't miss all the wonderful works of grace. Okay. Where did he find? He found all of us in different places. Okay. Where he found me, might not have found you. And where he found you, he might not have found me, but he found us. Amen. I, you, you heard people say, oh, I found God. No, you. <laughs> okay. Ain't nobody found God. All right. Okay. We, if, if anything, we was like Adam and Eve in the garden. We were trying to avoid God. Amen. Okay. But, but Isaiah, Isaiah. In Isaiah 64 and 6, Isaiah talks about, he talks about the people, okay, that God would save, that God would, that God would reveal himself to with his grace. And he talks about the condition they were in, okay? And, and, and the one thing I like about these prophets and the apostles, when you start talking about them and listening to them, it's always we. Be careful with the preachers and the pastors and, and folks that you talk to who's in the I and the me. Because Christianity is a we thing. Okay? So Isaiah says this and, this, and Isaiah is considered the greatest prophet. Okay? When you start talking about the major prophets and the minor prophets, Isaiah tops the list. You got Isaiah, Ezekiel. But Isaiah is, is, is considered the, 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 the most famous of all the prophets. He's the one that the Bible says he went into the temple and he saw. How did he see Jesus? The Bible says he saw him high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. And, and, and when, when, when God gave Isaiah a, a, a command to do, he says that I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people unclean. So when Isaiah gets to Isaiah 64, he's been doing the prophet thing for a while now. He still says this. Isaiah 64, 6. But we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. 
and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. How about that? All that we do. Now, I was telling you, I'm, I'm out and about, and you go to different nursing homes, and, and I was in Planet Fitness. They got a Christmas tree. Everybody's bringing gifts. Everybody's bringing gifts. And, you know, they're bringing gifts. They're laying them down because they're going to give them to the poor people and the people who, who, who don't have, you know, and the people did Thanksgiving. They did the turkey dinners. And, and a lot of folks think that's going to get them some brownie points. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, okay? I'm just saying what the scripture says, all our unrighteousness are as filthy rags. What's he saying we need? We need a relationship. Okay? If, if, if behind all our gift giving and behind all our good deeds that we want to do, you know, we, you know, we may take a buggy back for someone, you know. Nowadays you get a quarter, so they, you know, everybody taking their own buggy back. It ain't like it used to be. You could take somebody's buggy back. I'll help you with that, ma'am. But no, they take their own buggy back. If God is not behind, if he's not the reason why you're doing things, all our righteousness is like filthy rags. Hmm. Paul, when I read the scripture, Paul says this is, how, this is where God finds a lot of us. His grace finds us. Paul says, and you have he quickened. How about that? Mm-hmm. Made alive. We ought to remember that day. Now, that ought to be a day that we remember, or maybe a time that we remember. Maybe not the exact day, but maybe there's a time that we remember how God called us. That should be important. Where was we at? I know exactly where I was at when God called me. Okay, y'all have heard my testimony. And, 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 and believe me, when I talk about amazing grace to save the rest like me, I, I, I can sing it with some clarity, some authority, some power, some experiential knowledge of that. We were, we were dead in trespasses and sins. How about that? How about that? Listen. Okay. Paul, Paul writing about himself. Where was Paul at? Y'all remember Paul's story? What was Paul doing when God called him out of darkness into his marvelous light? And he used light on Paul for real. Paul was on his way to kill some folks, put some folks in jail, to make some folks deny their faith in Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. And God showed up in Paul's life. So Paul can say this with authority. He said, and you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Watch what else he says. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of the world. Y'all see that? Ain't that something? You talk to people that you love. Think about that. You listen to them talk. They never talk about Jesus. They never talk about going to church. They never talk about their faith. They never talk about. Isn't that that sometimes difficult? Isn't that sometimes difficult? Where in time past you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, uh, and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Paul goes a step further, and I'm going to leave Paul alone for a minute. And then he says this in verse number three of Ephesians 2. He said, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past. In the lust of the flesh. 
fulfilling the desires of the flesh. Some of we we ain't holding nothing back. Okay? Some of us can act like goodies two shoes once we come to the Lord, and that's fine. But when we was out there in the world, we didn't hold nothing back. Okay? And somebody might say, speak for yourself, Pastor, and I, and I maybe I am. Okay? Okay? I've always wanted to be the best at whatever I tried to do. Okay? Let me... That's the work of grace. I'm going to talk about a lot of different grace topics. Here's one that... Here's one that really... Deacon Jeremy hit me this morning when he's like talking about Jesus was bad, Jesus was radical, Jesus was militant. I, I like that. I like, I like when I hear men of God talk about Jesus that way because we got, we got a lot of men of God to talk about Jesus like he's like Tiny Tim, you know, tiptoeing around, tiptoeing, tiptoe through the scriptures. You know, you know we, we can't tiptoe through the scriptures, okay? People, you know, people can't get saved. Honestly, you, people can't get saved you tiptoeing. And, and, and really, when you, when you think about it, you got a lot of tiptoeing type Christians out there. Okay? Here, here, here's the conviction of grace. We talk about all the different graces, and I got a whole list of them. Convicting grace. Convicting grace. You, it, it was grace that convicted all of us. If you saved in here, if you saved in here, you have been convicted by the grace of God. How about that? That, that? The two don't don't even sound right because we look at grace as favor. We look at grace as something nice, but grace is what saved us. And and the Word of God calls it convicting grace. Okay, so so when 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 John sixteen eight says this, Jesus talking to the apostles. Here's what he says about the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. Remember, we used to get in trouble back in the day, and people would say, "Well, it." They called the Holy Spirit it. Now, Baptist folks would jump all over them because we know the Holy Spirit is a person that lives in us. Okay, so here's here's where we get that verse from. I always tell Mary, put a verse on it. Here's where we get that verse from. He's not an it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person, and it says in John sixteen eight, and when He is come, the Holy Spirit, He will reprove the world of sin. That's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. To reprove. What's that word reprove mean? Point it out. Reprimand you. You ever had anybody here other than me? Been reprimanded by the Holy Spirit? Been chastised by the Holy Spirit? Been criticized by the Holy Spirit? How about that one? That's another word for reprove. Criticize. We don't like being criticized. You know the Holy Spirit criticizes you? I know I'm not the only one. I know the Holy Spirit didn't criticize some of us, some of us in here. Some of the things we didn't say. Well, he may criticize, you know you should have done that. You know you should have done that. But you didn't. Criticize you. Well, you, you, know, you know that wasn't really a good enough excuse for you to miss church. Okay? Rebuke. That's another word for reprove. Rebuke. That's a good one. Remember John the Baptist? We were talking about John the Baptist today. John the Baptist was a bad man. You know you got to be bad to eat locusts. I don't care how you cook them. I don't care how you cook them. I don't care. If I brought, some, I brought the quail, y'all had a hard time with the quail. Now, if I bring some locusts up in here, somebody say, Mama, they're taking them back home. Listen, let me tell you. I, I, listen, I know one person here arriving at me. 
Hey, we, we, we go. He, oh, Christine, you gonna eat some locusts with me too? <laughs> See, John ate some locusts. He was a bad dude. Listen, listen. And, and we was talking this morning. Herod, Herod the Tetrarch. Y'all know what a Tetrarch means. He the governor. Okay. We know now. The wine is the governor of Ohio. Okay. And 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 now when the governor shows up for your church meeting. Okay. John, John didn't change the message. John didn't sugarcoat the message. Okay? Here's what happened. Luke 3, 19. It said, but, but Herod the Tetrarch being reproved, there's our word, being reproved by him for Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done. Okay? That's fascinating. Okay? Now, it's one thing to take another man's wife. I mean, you might meet her at work and y'all, you know, both of y'all married or she, you know she married, but you start flirting with her and this next thing you know, you know, I'm having trouble with my husband, you know, he don't pay me no attention and, you know, and all that. Next thing you know, well, listen, honey, I, I got plenty of attention, okay? And you start paying that woman attention and then one thing leads to another, Okay? Okay, and the next thing you're doing, you know, it's me and Mrs. Jones. Y'all know it. Okay. All right. So, so now it's one thing to take a man's wife that you don't know. Herod took it a whole nother level. Herod took his brother's wife. That's some deep stuff. That's, that's a whole nother level of evil. Okay? And, 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 you know, when he showed up, Herod lit, I mean, John the Baptist lit him up. You know? See, you can go to a, you can go to a lot of churches. You can go to a lot of churches, and, 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 and there may be people in the congregation, married folks cheating on each other, and they can sit in the congregation comfortably. Oh, I know what happens. I've been around. I mean, you you can you can you can go to a church and 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 sit with somebody else's husband or sit with somebody else's wife and and not be offended. I think that's a, I think that's I think that's a problem. Okay, especially if the people know it and the preacher know it. Oh, come on, y'all. <laughs> Herod wasn't happy. Herod wasn't happy. And watch what happened. Watch what happened. And he said in verse 20, added yet this above all. John let him let him up. And he shut John up in prison. How about that? How about that? Remember what we said this morning? Among, among those born of men, there was none greater than John the Baptist. And what else did God say about John the Baptist through his mate, angel Gabriel? He was going to be great in the sight of God. See, being great in the sight of God, ain't all, you, you ain't always going to be great in the sight of man. I don't think the two go together. I, don't, I, I, I struggle sometimes. You can be great in the sight of God. It's going to be hard to be great in the sight of man. Know how I say that? Because the word of God says, woe unto you and all men. Speak well of you. Okay? Okay, let me keep going. 
And I'm talking about convicting grace. John 3.20. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light. See, see we, we, we sometimes wonder why people don't come to church. Especially when lit up. A lot of people, they don't don't like the pastor. They don't like the preacher. Well, you know, that's fine. That's fine. Okay? But the word of God gives you a different answer. It gives a different answer why people don't want to come. It says, lest his deeds should be reproved. So it almost gives you an idea of what should be happening in churches. And it's not happening today. And this is why we have lawless all through the land. This is why the word of God says judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. God, God puts a lot of stock in the preached word. Amen. Okay? Let me, and I'm going to help you today with convicting grace. Because I think I say, this is a great time of year to talk to people about the reason for the season. Okay? Now look at look at look at Paul in 2 Timothy 4 2. Here, here, here's, here's, a, here's a great verse. Here's a great verse. Okay. He says, preach the word. Preach the word. That's it. 2 Timothy 4 2. Preach the word. This is Paul. Right into in the pastoral epistles to Timothy and all pastors from here to all eternity. Preach the word. Okay? That's it. Okay? And it's not for me. It's not for me to be sitting up here talking about we ought to be voting for Herschel Walker or Warnock or you ought to be a Republican or a Democrat. I ain't got time for that. Okay? Let's just do this. Preach the word. Okay? And now, now, the word ought to, the word ought to define your political affiliation, your, the good and the bad, whatever, but we're not, talk, we're not called to do that. Matter of fact, Paul said in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, I was determined not to know nothing else among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So if you if you come to a church, you ought to get Jesus Christ all day. You ought to get Jesus Christ all day. You ought to get the word all day. Paul said, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. You know, I, I used to preach at a church up in Warren and he would ask me to preach. And, 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 and I'll just preach the word. I, I just sit here. I, and listen, I don't be attacking folks. I just preach the word. So I preach the word. And, and after I preached, you know, folks would come up. That was a good servant. And, and a lady came up. She said, I brought my friend here. And you offended her. You upset her. And we ain't never coming. She ain't never going to come back. And I preached, I preached the word of God that day. I didn't preach on lifestyles or the rich and famous or none of that. I just preached the gospel. Okay. And she was, she was kind of popular lady in the church. She had five or six buddies. You know how we do it. Click up. We get clicks. And so, and so anytime I, he would ask me to preach, 
You know, and, and he wouldn't say, Pastor, this pastor wouldn't say who's preaching. He had about three ministers. But if he said, Reverend Neal preaching today, and her and her five friends would just get up and leave. They wouldn't even put the thing. I mean, they wouldn't even put the finger up. I mean, they might have put the wrong finger up. But anyway, we, 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 we not listening to this guy, you know. And, and, and you know, and, and I take a lot of pride in preparing and trying to preach a message that, 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 that is biblical. Okay. Okay, that's it. Okay. So, so when Jeremy Jeremy praying this morning, we're just talking. I don't know. He took a week off. He was sick last week, and you know, and uh, I felt bad because I took him some pizza and wings over the night before. I'm like, I must maybe them was meant for me, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So he's all right. But 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 here's Jesus. Now I was telling y'all earlier about folks can folks can sit up in anybody's church. You can sit up in people's churches, live in any kind of way, and live in any kind of way, doing anything. You couldn't sit up in Jesus' church doing that. No, you couldn't sit up in Jesus' church doing that. And I'm gonna I'm back it up with scripture. Look at Luke four. This is fascinating. We've been over this before, but Luke chapter four and verse thirty one. Here comes Jesus as a guest speaker. He's showing up as a guest speaker. Nobody knows he's coming, but he's showing up this day, and he had all authority. So if Jesus showed up, it didn't matter who was scheduled to preach. Jesus was going to preach. Amen. Okay? Here you go. He shows up. In Luke 4.31, it says, and, and, and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath day. Now, listen. Preaching is teaching. Okay? Don't get to, you know, preaching ain't hooping. It ain't me running around in circles up here doing backflips and all that. It's, it's teaching. And he taught them on the Sabbath day. What did he teach them? The word of God. He taught them right and wrong. He taught them, he taught them good and evil. And watch this. Watch this. He's teaching on the Sabbath day like they ain't never heard before. They had never heard this kind of preaching before, which is sad. Which is sad because we are imitators of Christ. Okay? Christ didn't show up here and like, oh, yeah, I never heard that kind of preaching before. Never, never, he never preached out of Luke before. He never preached. No, no. You, you, ought to hear, you ought to know this word. Watch this. He shows up. Verse 32. Fascinating word. And they were astonished at his doctrine. Let me stop there. What's that word? What comes to mind astonished at his doctrine? That word astonished means they were shocked. They were were in awe. They were were amazed. That don't make sense. This was a synagogue. They should have been used to hearing the word of God. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Okay? Sylvia liked this verse here, verse 33. This is Sylvia. When I see you know, when you get to when you know there's a, there's a beauty in having a small church and having ninety five percent of your church show up for Sunday school, so you get to know the people's likes and dislikes and different verses they bring up all the time. So I can tag all kind of verses on each one of you guys, because but this is one that, that comes up a lot. And in the synagogue, 
There was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil. How about that? You know, one of the church ain't heard the word of God. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> if your church is full of devils, you ain't hearing nothing. Now, 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 hear this. Devils pay their pastors good. Amen. See, a lot of times the devils will pay your pastor to keep his mouth shut. Okay? So in this synagogue, there was a man which had in spirit of an unclean devil. And he cried out with a loud voice. How about that? Didn't know who he was talking to, did he? He didn't know who he, he did. Wait a minute, let me stop there. He, he knew who he was talking to. He knew who he was talking to. He was in the presence of God and he cried out loud. He was just, he was just, what's he called? Showboating? Okay, he was, he was just trying to make a scene. See, he was trying to make a scene, maybe trying to stop Jesus from identifying him. And watch what he says. Let us alone. Ain't that what they say? Ain't that what they say in the day? Ain't that what they say? They sit up in your church. You know, you got you got churches full, full of LGBT, full of, of fornicators, full of adulterers, full of drunkards, full of folks smoking dope and weed. Full, I mean, the church is full of it. And you know what they all crying out? Let us alone, preacher. Let us alone. You ought to be happy we coming. Oh, yeah. Let us alone. We'll show up at the business meeting. We'll cut your pay. They cry in different ways. Let us alone. Let us alone. Watch. For what have we to do with thee? Now, that's a demon. You sit up in the house of God. Everything is about God. Everything is about Jesus. But he's saying, what have we to do with thee? Imagine that. Ain't that like some folks that call themselves Christians? Don't want nothing to do with Jesus, though. Think about that. They don't want nothing to do with the Lord. They don't want nothing to do with the things of God. They don't want nothing to do with Bible study. They don't want nothing to do with prayer. They don't want nothing to do with, with fellowship and communion. They don't want nothing to do with the things of God. Only thing they want is heaven. Saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee? Thou Jesus of Nazareth. They knew him. They knew him. Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art. The Holy One of God. And he said, let us alone. Let us alone. No. Jesus ain't let no demon alone. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And this is what I'm saying this morning. See, see, the Bible is nice. See, I couldn't write all this. I know man didn't write all this. Verse 35, and Jesus rebuked him. How about that? Saying, hold thy peace. How'd that sound? How would that sound in the urban dictionary? Hold thy peace. Shut your mouth. 
and come out of him. How about that? And come out of him. I, you know, I, 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 I had, I had, I, like I said, I have, I have fun with my. I only got ten thousand friends now because I'm one of my accounts is down. I have fun with my Facebook folks, and 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 here's one thing I said. I said, dancing in church is not biblical. And you know, you know the common response you get from that is, well, David danced. Anybody ever studied that verse? David danced in the privacy of his own room. Remember, his wife looked in the window and saw him dance so hard. Clothes fell off. You think he would have done that in church? No. He done that in the privacy of the room. Now, I didn't say that. Let me tell you something. Watch what happens here. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, some of this stuff, some of this stuff I see going on in these churches don't look right. It don't look like God. It don't look like the Holy Spirit. Some of the dances I've seen now, and, 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 you know, and I was sharing something with, 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 with Cindy about these sororities and these frat houses. And, and do you understand some of the dances that they have to do to join those sororities? Have anybody seen that? And you got to take an oath and a pledge to an Egyptian deity, whether it's Alpha and Omega and Sci-Fi, Y and all that kind of stuff. And you go to these frat parties and these young brothers be dancing and they be dancing and stepping and shouting and making chants and all kind of stuff. Now, what happened when they come into the church? Okay, they bring it right on in here. And now we get a we get a generation of 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 tattooed up, pierced up preachers. That belong to sororities. So you can't take an oath to the God of the Egyptian God and take an oath to God. <laughs> you can't do both. You, you can't serve two masters. Okay? So you know when you sit here, well, I'm you know, I'm a I'm a member of the Fasa Waikai. Hey. And I'm a Christian. Okay, where I'm at, and Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace, demon, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, how about that? Now, I, I, don't, I don't understand all that means, but he threw him in the midst. He threw him out in the middle of the people and, 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 and basically wanted to destroy him before he came out. That's how devils do. You, mean, you know, you know. You can't get out of no sorority. You can't get out of no gang. You know how you get out of a gang? What they say? Blood in, blood out. Why? Why can't you get out of it? Because you know too much. Okay? And you, you join a Masonic Lodge and you become a Masons and all that kind of stuff. And you taking all these handshakes and, and you making an oath to the great architect of the sky. He don't have no son now. He don't have no son named Jesus. He's a great architect of the sky. Now you make these oaths, okay? 
Well, I get lost people. They don't, they don't, they don't care for me too much. Okay. But you have a hard time being a lodge member and a member of Christ. Let me just tell you. Okay. But God. Now God can deliver a, a, a lodge member. And God can deliver a Phi Psi High, Chi, Y, Omega, Alpha, Omega, all that. Okay. How do I know that? Because Paul said for such with some of you. Well, ain't, ain't God's conviction grace good? Ain't God's grace good? Watch this. He ain't done with this demon yet. And when he had thrown the devil in the midst, when he thrown the man in the midst, when the devil had thrown him in the midst, the man with the demon, he was just using the man's body. See, a demon-possessed person is being used. They don't, they, they don't really don't know they're being used, but they're just being used. Satan just need a body. Okay, he just need a body. If you open your, if you open your mind up to Satan, some of the movies and some of the music and stuff we watch, we, we invite Satan into our world, into our spirit, to our soul. Okay? And he take a residence. Okay? See, you all know he's taking a residency because nothing offends you. See, if you can watch anything and nothing offends you, then you, you probably demon-possessed. Okay? And you can just listen to it. You know, cussing and swearing don't bother you. You sitting around watching sex movies with your teenage kids. And in every movie got a sex scene now. You know, they got two homosexual actors. And that don't bother you neither. Oh, they just acting. I, 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 I don't I got time for it. I ain't got time for it. Uh, Cindy and I watching. We was we was we was sitting. We was taking a class. We had to take these classes with children's services, and 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 they were saying, "Well, you can't say nothing mean to the kids anymore. Don't do nothing to them because so many kids have been hurt by words, and they now we're going to introduce a kid who has experienced all this, and he's here to talk to us, and 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 he just is lighting the loafers as can be, okay." <laughs> And, and, and he's telling us, he's telling this whole class. Now, I know these people in this class, and most of them love the Lord. And they sitting here, they, anybody got any questions? Nobody, nobody hearing this dude? Well, I'm, I, I, I was like that till I met the love of my life. Now, he met the love of his life. I met the love of my life, Tyrone. And Tyrone understood everything about me, and he helped me work through all my problems. That's what they teach us in church services. And they were all amazed. I'm trying to get back. They were all amazed and spake among themselves. Now watch this now. They seen, see, 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 this is what's so fascinating about Sunday school this morning. And then where you guys were at, we was just looking at the verses and we was just really trying to exegete them, trying to get a piece of what they meant. And, 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 and y'all was getting it. And they were all amazed. Amazed don't mean saved. Okay? So a lot of people are amazed but not saved. It didn't say that when they seen all that Jesus had done, the power of God was present to save. And it doesn't say anybody got saved. They got amazed. And a lot of people go to church to get amazed. They like that stuff. Uh, uh, Adulterous, sinful generation seek after a sign. They want a trick. They want to do something. 
And the Bible says they were amazed. And they spake among themselves saying, what a word is this? Okay. Okay. And with authority and power, he commanded the unclean spirits and they came out. <sighs> they were amazed. Okay. Let me tell you something. Hell is full of amazed people. Amen. Okay. Prisons and homeless shelters are full of amazed people. People who have heard the word of God. Who have heard the word of God. And have rejected it. And have rejected it. And I, and I, and I, I tell people all the time. You listen, listen, I, I don't want nobody to come here and, and say they didn't hear the word of God. They had a good time. I like your pastor. He had a good time. And you just sitting up in your sin. It had no effect on you. How about the comfort of grace? I'm going to keep on moving on. Comforting grace. This is my last one. This is my last one, even though I got a couple more. Comforting grace. Ain't, ain't, ain't God's grace good? Look what, the, look what it says. The Lord has promised good to me. That, that's, in the, that's in the song Amazing Grace. The Lord has promised good to me. You know, God, when, when you are saved, the Lord has promised good to you. And I look around in a room like this and I see the promises of God. All I got, all I got to do, all I got to do is talk to some folks that don't know the Lord and I, and I see the absence of his promise of good. And if you tell them, you know what, you need the Lord. And, and, and he may not pay all your bills. Okay? He might not pay all your bills. He may not give you the love of, it, of your life. But let me tell you something. He going to be good to you. Amen. No, I know that because God is good. How do I know that? Because his word says this. And Romans 8:28 says this. Okay, what's that situation you're going through? Ups and downs in life, good times and bad. We know that all things work together for good. Okay? To them that love God. See, a lot of times, a lot of times people will read that verse and they'll stop right there. Well, you know, all things work together for good. No, don't. Finish it. Finish it. Because everything don't work together for good. Listen. Listen. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. That's a, that's a specific class of people. Okay? How do we know we love God? How do we even know we saved? There's a lot of verses I could use, but here's one that really, to me, just explains it all out. 1 John 3, 14. Listen. You want to know if you saved or not? You want to know if you truly saved or not? I'm not saying this is the verse that defines it for you, but it defines it for me. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. And he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. One of the signs that you have passed from death unto life is that now you love the people of God. You love your church family. You love the people that you worship with and you praise God when you see every Sunday and Wednesday. You love them. You love them. And he that loveth not his brother abideth in death, still dead in your sins. That's just one verse. But Paul says, here's how he 
he puts it, we know that all things work together for good. To them. To them and to them only. <laughs> that love God. Romans 8, 28. That love God. Oh, he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. And it's good he didn't stop there. He said not only to them that love God, but to them who are the called. To them that are called. Called from where? Called from darkness in the light. Called out of, out of the muck and the mire. Called out of a sinful lifestyle. Called. And not only called, but according to his purpose. Amen. His purpose. Somebody say, what is his purpose? How about that? That's a good question. I, I like when people ask you questions because I know you guys want to ask a question. And, and you can't because it's, it's church, not Wednesday night. What is his purpose? You know what God called us to do? To glorify him. God called us to praise him. God called us to worship him. God called us to go out into the world and tell a dying world about him and his son, Jesus Christ. That's what God called us to do. You know, God didn't call us just to, just to get saved and do nothing. He called us to sing and to worship and to praise and to love one another and to spread the message of Jesus Christ to a dying and lost world. How about that? How about that? That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. All things work together. Here's a verse. I'm almost done. I, I, I think I am. I'm going to run comforting grace. Comforting grace. Comforting grace into trusting grace. How about that? Anybody got trusting grace? Anybody heard of that before? I make up stuff. Trusting grace. Let me, let me, let me give you a couple of verses on trusting grace. Make sure you have trusting grace. What's the one song we sing? I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord until I die. You have that? That's trust and grace. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Watch this. My heart trusted in him and I helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices and with my song will I praise him. That's beautiful stuff. That's beautiful stuff. Psalms 13, 5. This is David. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. How about that? One more. Got a couple good ones. One more. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. I didn't give you no verses for them. 13.5 and Psalms 33.21. Those are good verses. Just to, just to have when you're going through. When, you, when you're having that, what the Bible says, that light affliction. Amen. When you're going through a light affliction, okay? When we're going through a light affliction, we, we need to have some verses that we can get us through. Because it's just a light affliction. The Bible said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. For a moment. Don't, don't be running around here talking about I'm having a bad day. You're only having a bad moment. As a man of God, as a woman of God, I'm having, a, I'm having a bad week. Oh, don't get to the whole week. Don't get, you know, no, no, I'm having a bad moment. This brother over here, this sister over here, whatever you may want to call them, that's getting on my nerves. I'm having a bad moment. Okay? 
I'm not having a bad month. I'm, I don't have bad months. I have wrote them off. Amen. I'm having a bad moment. I'm for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, working for us a far more exceedingly e- an eternal weight of glory. See? 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 It's, a, it's just a moment. Bad moment. Stop having bad days. Stop having bad days. When you have bad days, you're going to have bad nights. And the Bible said, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Then you, if you have a bad day, you're going to have a bad night. Then you're going to wake up in a bad mood. <laughs> Trust in grace. Last verse. We went over this so many times. Trust in grace. Paul said, who shall separate us? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation? Nope. Distress? Nope. Persecution? Nope. Famine? Nope. Nakedness? Nope. Peril? Nope. Hmm. Sword? If they cut their head off, if they get to where they're cutting heads off of Christians in America, was that going to separate us from the love of God? They cut our head off? Nope. Nope. For as written, for thy sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So, so with that, Paul says, for I'm persuaded. That word means totally convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. How about that? Which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our Lord. How about that? That's, that, that? that's assuring. How about that? I said it was trusting grace, assuring grace. That's assuring grace. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen.